Chapter 19 of Outlaws of Ravenhurst by Sister Emma Melda Wallace, S.L. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Muggle John Dawn had come at last. A red light was dancing far out on the water. The clouds were all afire. Gordon lay in a bed, looking out through a doorway, puzzled. Where was he? He tried to raise his head. It was oddly heavy. Something seemed to be weighing it down. He lifted his hand to remove the thing and stared. Long fingers, thin and white, blue veins winding in and out among bones. This hand was not his. It must belong to a sick girl. Someone was speaking in a low tone. Turning his head was too wearisome, but his eyes followed the sound. A man standing near a fireplace a rough giant of a seaman with a scarred face. The woman beside him came swiftly forward as she heard the lad stir. Ha a wee drop o' soup, my lamb, would ye? No, madam, he answered. But why did his voice sound so faint and queer? No, madam, I cannot stay to eat. If you will unfasten that thing which is holding my head down. Bless the soul, O oh my bairnie, Nothing be there save a damp cloth. Yet if the weight troubles ye, I'll... It does not trouble me, madam. It holds me down, and I must go to find Uncle Jono the cluth. And what would my chief have me to do? The burly fisherman bent close to hear, but Gordon's eyes grew suddenly wild. Weakness seemed to vanish. He sprang forward, staring at an old collie that had slipped in, snatched the bowl from the woman's hand, and flung it at the dog, crying, I hit him! That's one wolf done for! But there are so many eyes, red eyes, going round and round. And the dawn, will it never come? I can't hold on any... His voice trailed off into silence as he sank back on the pillow. Ay, there he goes off again moaned the woman. If we do not get yon fever doon, there'll be no wee chief o' raven come sunset. Na, na, Jeanie, the wee Gordon can no die. All the hope of the clan be in him. Muckle John sat by the lad all day. Now and then he sponged the hot body gently, so gently the boy did not stir, or he roused the lad to give him a drink of soup. Hour after hour he watched for a glimmer of returning consciousness, and all the while the beads slipped through his iron-muscled fingers as he pleaded with God's mother for his chieftain and for Clan Gordon. The sun was setting. Long shafts of light glinted along the heather, under the oak branches, and through the cottage window, until they danced over Gordon's face. Then the deep blue eyes opened, clear and quiet. The moment had come. Muckle John leaned forward. His rugged face was gentle, his voice low as a mother's crooning a lullaby. Yet in his eyes was the coming fury, still controlled, like the sea along the highland coast, rolling its oily billows before the storm. I be your Muckle John. Who beat ye? Uncle Roger, but it is not for that I came, my big John. Mother, she's gone. I don't know where. Father, he's living. Dungeon, North Tower. And he said... The voice was dying low, yet the words fell one by one before the eyelids drooped again. 
Muggle John took down his old claymore and tiptoed out into the sunset. Men sprang up from doors half hidden in the heather and sped toward him. I, he growled, I ha news for ye. Roger beat the wee chief and would ha murdered him. God give me strength, O arm, till I deal the weakling his portion. With a galley-whip, blow for blow, I will pay him afore I fling him fra the seaward tower's tip, oot, far oot, till he falls on the wave-beat rocks below. More, hear ye, Sir Jamie be alive and call in the clan. Speed ye all to Rock Raven. The red had not left the waters of the frith, when all that were loyal still of Clan Gordon were flying hot-foot to the rescue. Muckle John, grandson of Tam the armorer, his six bold sons, his crew of fishermen, rude fellows with gnarled hands and shaggy beards, old Donald, last of those trained to war by Angus Gordon, Davy, trailing the scabbard of his father's sword and panting to keep pace with the men. They had been crawling a long while in the tunnel when a whisper floated back, No signs of the plaid yet, and here be the three arched openings. Donald slipped forward. He felt along the arches and reported, Thraw crosses. Na, na, that be the blind Duncan. Keep oot. Twa crosses. I had no mind o' that. And cross. Na, it be the way what ends up on the south front, o' seaward tower nigh the fireplace, too far fra the north tower. By the twa crossway we'll ha to go, decreed Muckle John, and the clan crept on. To the crawling men, it seemed hours later that Muckle John's voice drifted slowly back. Light ahead, never a sound that a rat could hear. Dirk suit. The light drew near, a bar of yellow darting out from the side wall. A voice dripped up the silence. Tell that lie again, Betsy, and I'll... But it's the truth, Master Godfrey. Truth? Don't think to fool me. That boy did not fly out the window or crawl through the keyhole. You opened the door, or you know who did. Mind, I saw you whispering at the crack. Sir, I did but say. Lie again, and I'll bash your head in. Muckle John hurled his bulk against the wall. The panel crashed. Struggling through, he caught a beam by one hand and dropped. Godfrey whirled to face the giant fisherman's dirk gleaming in the candlelight. Give a sound, and I'll drive my dirk through the black heart, O oh, ye devil's bloodhound that ye be. Then glancing at Betsy, he said gently, Ha no fear, child. We be more rough in look than indeed. Lang Andrew, care for the lass. Let no ill befall her. Now, as for ye, Godfrey, son o' Bertrand, if ye love your foul life a wee, you answer me true. Where be the keys of the dungeons? On a peg in Sir Roger's room. He's lying, whispered Betsy. Godfrey snarled, looked at Muckle John's knife, drew the keys from his doublet, and handed them to John. Where be the cells of Sir James and Lady Margaret? An ugly smile crossed Godfrey's face. I'll tell that gladly. The Earl's, third level, second corridor, cell eight, fire the brace dungeon. The Lady, second level, fourth corridor, cell three. I'll even say what you can find there. And my lord, the Earl's apartment is a hole, a sort of tunnel, leading into the blind Duncan. And the boudoir of my Lady the Countess is a hole similar to the one through which you have just come. As to the Earl and his Lady, 
we had thought they were with you now we know exactly where they are you have the boy keep him can you prove before the courts of scotland that he is the heir his parents will not aid you because dead men tell no tales to-morrow we shall drag the cistern for their bodies their residence in the pool does not make the water too wholesome stay for the funeral and bid the brat come from the glen to be chief mourner you are quite welcome he ended with a curse and a laugh keep the name o god off that foul tongue o yours if ye be tellin a lie i think i'll dirk ye if ye be tellin the truth i know i will ye be so are wise and all-knowin it be a bitter pity old satan hanna give ye a seat on his council bench afore now Watton will keep this devil's darlin under your wings dirk him if he makes a sound from the lower end of the hall came a sentinel's tread. Uncle John crept out of the room and crouched in the shadow. Noon o' night and all is weal, the deep voice echoed through the empty corridors. Do not be so sure o' that, Uncle John whispered, as he sprang on the sentry's back and clasped one mighty hand over his mouth. A short struggle, a fall, their faces met. Edwin, gasped Uncle John. At your service, what brings ye here? Be they all safe with ye in the cluth? The boy is, but... Then where be the laird and his lady? Whiles we were searching the secret ways, I found Sir Jamie. I helped him oot, and we got the lady and Benson oot. Then I went for food, came back, and could no find them at all. Halt, or I fire! Old Donald's voice rang out. Uncle John whirled. Godfrey was halfway up the corridor, running for his life. Halt! The time-worn hackbutt blazed, but Donald's aim was not what it had been in bygone days. The bullet flattened against the wall. Godfrey dodged behind a pillar, around a corner, and was lost. His voice echoed back, sounding the alarm. Edwin whispered, Quick, this way, the kitchen stairs, they'll be afore us. The outlaws dashed for the stairs, plunged up, and stopped short. Arms were clanking in the upper hall. Sir Roger's voice spat an order. Shoot the first head that comes above the step. Bottled in the stairway, came Godfrey's yell. With it was the sound of hurried marching in the lower corridor. There was a faint, scratching sound near Uncle John's head. He glanced up. A crack was slowly widening as four slender fingers strove to slit a panel back. They heard Lady Margaret's low, Quick, John, open it for me. The fisherman's mighty shove sent the panel back. Swiftly, silently, the men of Clan Gordon crowded into the dark passage. Muckle John saw the secret door shut, and they lay still. Fire! Godfrey's voice snarled from below. A volley of shots spat up the stairs. Fire! Roger echoed from above. A volley spat down charge footsteps thundered above and below they stopped uncertainly no one here sir i sir nobody here end of chapter nineteen